The 373rd edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Hi, ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 373. Going to go out to my father-in-law, whose birthday is today. So happy birthday, father-in-law. You don't listen to the show, but happy birthday anyway. Uh, I would be the host of the podcast who likes his in-laws. That would be Jeff Chops. <laughs> uh, that, that's how you can tell which one is which. Um, I should really, I, I hinted with an episode title a few episodes ago how Chalks No More. Um and I just call myself Chalks. I really, I don't know if I can still call myself Chalky after the results last night. Uh, someone was seemingly, one of our listeners was seemingly hoping Chalks no more meant that I was leaving the show. But no, I am still here. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. KCP is not coming back. Um, but yeah, it was a non-Chalky night for me uh, and my picks. My co-host did okay with his, some, of, some of his picks as well. I'm sure he'll have a nice spin on it. Doesn't usually have nice spins on his his in laws, but he does have nice spins on his picks. It's one and only Daniel Gummy Vreeland. Hello. I do have to say, uh, I mean, I'm sure at some point in time KCP will come back. Uh, sure. you, you'll go I'll on a, you, you'll go on a cruise or yeah, something will happen. Uh, KCP will be back for those of you who are holding on hope. He, he's still still come back. And of course, I have a positive spin. Benoit Saint Denis won. We hit a two sixty yep. underdog. And yep. it was like one of the least sweaty bets I've ever watched materialize in real time. Yep. It, Dominated like, it from start to finish. It was like right up there with the, what What did we get Lord Murphy at way back in the day? Like plus 200 to beat Misha Tate um, when she battered her. And this was yeah. a bigger underdog and a worse battering. Uh, yep. We'll talk all about that fight when we get to it. But that was, uh, yeah, I, I don't need to do, I don't need to put anything in perspective. I can just say Benoit Saint-Denis. There you go. That's that's all that needs to be said. BSD, as as people in the SGPN Slack like like to say. Um, oh, I was I, I was supposed hmm. to dedicate an episode to somebody too, and you you didn't yeah. even ask me if I had somebody. Next episode. Oh, okay. Next episode. All right. Don't he worry. There's always he, another episode coming down the pipe. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows who it is. It's it's coming. I know who it is. <laughs> yep. I know. He he's been killing it the past few weeks. So, um, yeah, it was uh, a. Pretty exciting fight night, I guess. Uh, people were saying it was their favorite fight. People in the Discord were saying it was their favorite fight night in the Apex. Um, maybe that's because their their um, their bats were hitting, but you know, it was it was pretty uh, pretty good action, an action event. Um, a few decisions, but a lot of exciting fights. Yeah, it it was a it was a fun event because even the ones that were, um, you know, like with the exception of a couple of the early fights, the first two fights were kind of stinkers. But after that, yeah, um, it, even the ones that went to decision, like Michael Morales, Max Griffin was fun. Um, I mean, I guess Grant Dawson versus Demiris Magulov was kind of one-sided, so maybe that was a little less fun. But uh, I, I mean, it was fun for people who had underdog Grant Dawson. <laughs> uh, yep. Which raise your hands. Everyone listening to the podcast should have had that because we yes. told you that was a a, a very solid pick. Um. Everyone on the podcast should have bird dog shorts by now, everyone listening, because I've told you week in and week out how great bird dogs are. If you if you still aren't sold on them, here's another pitch for you. Bird dogs make you look good. That's pretty much all you really need to say, but I'll tell you more. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as a Lululemon, but fit way better. 
They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud nip fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I'm sure plenty of fighters last night could have used some Bird Dogs in the cage there. I'm sure there's a lot of stink sweat action going on in the cage. Um, if you are sold, hopefully you are, go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs, B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S.com slash P-O-O-L for free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. July 1st, Canada Day. No Canadians on the card, but it was it was a fun event. And and the person I designated as a honorary Canadian, the Frenchman, Benoit Saint-Denis, did come through. Uh, went down the UFC Apex, as mentioned. Uh, noted anti-Semite uh, Mel Gibson was in the crowd. That was good to see, right? That's right on brand for the UF, <laughs> UFC. For, for, and he for, a Sean, Sean for a Sean Strickland yeah. fight? Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, <laughs> and he, I, I see he uh, congratulated Sean Strickland, which is right on brand as well. So the UFC is going to UFC. Um, main event. I got right. It didn't look good after the first round. Uh, seemed like most of the discard was was with Gumby on this one. What a shock. Uh, they're in on Abus Magomedov. Um, didn't realize he was only going to show up with uh, not even a quarter tank of gas. I, I guess he had a third of a tank of gas, a bit more than a quarter, because he lasted a round. Uh, actually, no, this was a five-round fight. He had a 20% tank of gas, a fifth of a tank of gas, because uh, he looked fantastic in the first round. Really um, putting it on Strickland, mixing up his strikes. Strickland didn't really have an answer to, for it at all. And then the second round started, and Strickland picked him apart uh, from pillar to post. Four twenty into the second round, uh, the judge, the uh, referee, finally uh, mercifully, after about twenty eight uh, un uh, uncontested strikes on the ground, decided that that was enough. Uh, Mega made up pretty much seemed like he he gave up at that point and just crumbled and let Strickland. Fill him up with punches. Uh, so Sean Strickland, TKO, which you don't see very often, came through. I didn't predict it would be a TKO, but I did have Strickland at minus 138. I think I was one of the only people in the world that had Strickland, but uh, he came through. Yeah, it was, Um, I will say, my, my breakdown of the fight for that first round was spot on, right? Like, Abus was going to be yes, a little bit better yes. with the, I said he was going to be a little bit better with the hands. He understood the reach better. The pitter-patter jab of Sean Strickland wouldn't be enough to deter him. And if he wanted a takedown, he could grab it. He literally did all of those things in the first round. Um, all that I said about a boost, uh, Mega Medoff there was just spot on in the first round. And the, the wild thing is, is like, I, I've seen him go five rounds before. Uh, you know, when he, when he was in the PFL, he did two rounds against Kassan, uh Umulatov, and then he did three rounds against Sadabusai all in the same night, back when they used to make their, uh, their playoffs you know, their class was three rounds and you had to do the first two in the first night. Um, and, and so like he, he's gone five rounds before and he looked great in that Sadabu side fight doing essentially what he did to Sean Strickland for a round. So I don't know if it was, you know, maybe a little bit of the layoff, maybe a little bit of being in your first main event, maybe a little bit, maybe, maybe Strickland hurt him with something to the body, but it was all very confusing to me to see him sort of melt away like that. Maybe he shouldn't have been thrust into a uh, UFC main event after one fight against the not up to snuff uh, opponent, perhaps. Yeah, Dustin Stoltz, <laughs> if you're trying yes. to remember who. Yeah, Dustin Stoltz. I, yeah. I remember um, after I said that, yeah. Yeah. And, and too much too soon, perhaps. Yeah, probably. The The thing that 
it seemed like a good opportunity for him, though, right? Because like, oh, it definitely was. Yeah, he, he, he's the type of guy who who has had a long career. It's not like he's somebody coming into the UFC at six and zero and they put him in a main event in his second fight. You know, he had like a ton of experience. He had fought in some real high level guys. So like, I, I don't hate that they put him in it, but I do think that like this shows what happens when you move a guy a little bit too fast up. Um. What what did you I got to ask you this. What did you think of Sean Strickland pretty much demanding a title shot afterwards? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Well, he he does have a one fight win winning streak at, at middleweight. Uh two fight oh, yeah. win streak overall, so definitely. Um, he did he did in, recently yeah. get beat by Jared Cannonier who uh yeah. looked way better recently against a much better opponent. Um yeah. Yeah, so this that's not happening. Um, the in last fairness, time... he, he yeah he lost to Cannoneer and uh, Pereira, so no shame there. But yeah, uh, I can see him. He, he's the type of guy the UFC seems to like. Um, you know, always shows up. Um, not the most exciting fights, but they love putting him in main events somehow. So I I could see him getting a title shot. I, I'm not saying he deserves one because, like you said, Cannoneer obviously uh, would deserve one over him. But I can see it happening. I don't necessarily agree with you. I, I, I agree that they like sticking him in main events because I think his press conferences get clicks and stuff like that. But remember, this is a guy who at one point in time was on a six-fight win streak, including five at middleweight. And they were like, do you know who we should give him? Alex Pajeda in his like third UFC fight. Who's I, I think Pajeda was unranked at the time. And so they were like, let's give him Alex Pajeda and like paid and knocked him silly, right? So like, yeah, they do like sticking him in main events. They like that he shows up, but also like this kind of was a trap fight too. Uh, again, they had him fighting uh, an upstart guy who was only in his second fight, who I think they saw that they could market well because he's from Germany, but he's also got the Russian name. He's got, you know, multiple countries behind him. You know, he's, he's certainly, yeah, he's certainly fun to watch. I think that I think the UFC likes that they can market him on fight night cards, but I don't think that he's like a shoe in for a title shot anytime soon. You said multiple, which made me think multiple regional championships, which made me say, <laughs> which made me say correct automatically. So. But he also, but he also um, has, yeah, but he also has multiple countries. Uh, on true. Correct. <laughs> correct. Um, yeah, I, maybe the UFC didn't know Strickland's uh, all his views on women at that point. Maybe now they're like, oh, this guy's great. I don't we have we have views like this too. Uh I whatever I think, he said after whatever he said after got bleeped out up here in Canada. I just it got, it was it got bleeped. It got, yeah, it got bleeped out here too. And, and okay. or at least on, sure on the feed I was watching. So um no, and he said some pretty terrible things in the press conference before too. But <laughs> I, I think that that's I think that that's why they like him for fight night main events, though, right? It's just like <laughs> yep. he, he's gonna get the mic time that they need. Um, they're going to put it on YouTube. It's going to get a bajillion clicks. Um, you know, like his social media numbers have got to be off the charts because, you know, love his message or hate his message. And, and it's usually more, way more of the latter. Uh, Hopefully. Pe- people are talking about it, right? I, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are people on social media who like it. Social media is a yeah. funny place. But it's not yeah, funny. Yeah, funny yeah. place. <laughs> but funny as in peculiar. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Um, but it's like, yeah, like he he draws the click. So I I think I think he's a shoe in to probably main event more fight night cards and UFC on ESPN cards and stuff like that. But I think he's a ways away from a title shot, um, especially yeah. because you know 
Izzy would kill him, right? Like that, that, that's not a fight. Um, yep. Izzy's a terrible matchup for him. So um, look for him main eventing uh, Bo Nichols first headliner. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, basically all that was determined last night is Magomedov is not the real deal. Uh, I was going to say at least not at this point, but he's fought so many fights already. I, well, I and 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 also I like know he's they, not old, but maybe he's just like mentally not there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. Too that's much true. too soon. But I, I think he can still do it. So, so we learned that, and we uh, the only other thing that's the only actual real guarantee out of uh, the main event result is we're going to get more strong Sean Strickland uh, fight nights. UFC fight night Strickland versus fill in the blank is what we're going to get. So Bo, Bo Nickel. Bo, Bo Nickel, fine. Whether you like it, love it, or, or hate it, that's what you're going to get. We loved, uh, I, I love the main event, just uh, the result was good, and the, the fight ended quickly, which I always uh, appreciate. Um, lightweights, Kobe event, we both love this one. We had Grant Dawson, even money. Um, Demir Ismogulov, he schooled him. 30-26, 30-27, All those cards are probably could have, we probably could have gone 30-25 perhaps even. Um, but yeah, he just dominated Ismogulov on the ground. Super slick, grappling, uh, decent ground and pound. Yeah, he he just looked fantastic. Uh, we had him, like I said, at plus 100. He was my underdog of the week because um, I'm a coward and I picked I picked the uh, the plus 100 underdog, but nonetheless, did come through. Um, it sucks that he's at lightweight because there's a lot of guys like him at lightweight and a lot of guys yeah. ahead of him still. But uh, yeah, looked real good last night. Yeah, he is. Um, it's a prototype at, at lightweight, right? It's sure like is. yep. Him, Everybody ahead of him. It's the same. Him, Saruki, and Gamra, like all, all of those guys are the same person. Um, yep, they're, they're all the same person. Except for I'm going to say this: I think Grant Dawson's jujitsu is better than those two. I think those yeah. two might have better wrestling than him. But yeah. I think his jujitsu is slightly better. Like his back takes, his back control, all that kind of stuff. Like I, I've never seen anybody do something like that to Isma Um no. And that's given that Isma Gulov has lost a fight or two. So like no, nobody's ever made him look that bad once he hit the mat. So uh, I'm excited. I, I think him and Sarukian would be a really fun fight. Um, if you wanted to give him somebody like Rafael Dos Anjos because you just want to get him some name value or something, I'm fine with that too. Hell. Let him yeah. let him beat the shit out of Michael Chandler, uh, since Chandler's definitely not getting that uh, <laughs> Conor nope. McGregor fight. <laughs> nope, it's true. It's true. Yeah, onward and upward for uh, uh, Dawson, a guy we've been in on for a little while here. Um, hopefully, he can he can keep it rolling and, and keep getting fights booked and keep making weight. That, that's a, that's the main thing. Um, he's massive for yeah. Did you? Like, he look he looks massive and he has trouble making the weight sometimes. So yeah. Yeah, I, in in. I, I know you've never missed an episode of the Top Turtle podcast, so uh, no, this is no surprise to you. But he said in his interview a couple of weeks ago to me, I asked him about, you know, like, is it much easier to make weight now that you're at 55? And he goes, no, it's terrible. I got yeah. like he got bigger. Um, so like he came up from 45 to 55 and then he bulked up. So he's having the same miserable weight cuts he used to have down weight class. Well, just look at him. Like look at him in there last night. He's massive. The massive light. Yeah, the fact that he was um, ever at 45 is crazy to me. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I thought was a little crazy, um, transition to the next fight, people in our Discord weren't that impressed with Michael Morales. I, I thought he, he looked fantastic against Mass Griffin. Not a fan of the showboating unless you're gonna finish the guy right after you showboat, which he didn't do. Um, but Max Griffin doesn't get doesn't get finished by anyone, basically. Uh Morales, after um 
coming out slow, losing the first round, just put it on Max Griffin after that. Too big, too fast, too long, everything that we predicted. Too good of a striker. Actually, his grappling was may have been the big story last night. Uh, his grappling defense uh, and wrestling defense was on point. 29-28 across the board, onwards and upwards for, for this guy. Uh, after the first round, I was thinking, okay, here we go. This is going to be the classic prospect loss. Wouldn't wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been anything to be ashamed of because, like I said, Max Griffin is a tough guy and a, a good fighter. But Morales uh, turned around and we hit him at minus two forty five. Yeah, I um I get what they're saying in the Discord about not being super pumped about it just because he's such like a hype prospect, right? He's a young kid. He's got an undefeated record. Um, you know, he he was supposed to, you know he's a negative two fifty favorite, so probably a lot of people. Um, playing that Morales KO prop because it was the way to to make it more intriguing. Um, and he lost the first round. And it did look like yeah. he tired a little bit. And to your point, he showboated um, when he probably could have put his foot on the gas and put him away or at least tried to. But he also probably, if he had tried to put him away, he might have ran out of gas and lost the third round, wound up losing that fight. So what I liked about Morales in this fight the most is that he learns a lot of the lessons that fighters learn in a prospect loss also without having to take the loss. Right. Yeah. Um, cause, cause Max he learned, been, mm-hmm. yeah, he learned about dealing with like a crafty striker. He learned about dealing yeah. with somebody who's really tough. Like Max Griffin, like Max Griffin is a great guy to learn about yourself from. Um, and Michael Morales, I think learned a lot about what it means to fight at this level from Max Griffin. And also, like I said, he, he took home the win. Yeah, Max Griffin, like I said, he doesn't get stopped. He's been stopped once, and that was by Colby Covington. And he is, how many fights has he had? Uh, that, he's had 29 total fights, so he, he's not a guy you're going to finish. A lot of those jabs and strikes would have uh, dropped um, a mere mortal uh, welterweight, but that's not who Miros was fighting last night. And you're talking about gas tank, very good point, because he, uh, just like Dawson, he's a ma- he's massive for his weight class. He's a huge welterweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a big guy. So onwards and upwards for him. I I'm, uh, I don't care if people are poo-pooing it a bit. I'm looking forward to, to seeing uh, what he does next because I think he's got a bright future. I was thinking this this could be a uh, this could be a title challenger at the very least um, in the next few years. So we shall see. Women's flyweight next. I this was one of my big hits. Ariana Lipsky came through against Melissa Gatto. Split decision: 28, 29, 30, 27, 29, 28. You love 30, 27 split decisions for sure. There was some that's wacky- our boy. That's our boy Sal Diamato. Yep. Wacky scores last night. I had Lipsky at plus 200. Wasn't feeling super great about it, but, but then once the fight started, I, I wasn't really scoring it. I was, I was, there was too much going on here. I was getting distracted, but watching it, I was feeling like Lipsky was, was winning the fight. But then when I saw on the, uh, the striking stats on the screen and I saw what the live odds were, I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'm not playing, paying close enough attention here, but apparently I was right. Lipsky did win. Um, some wacky media members agreed that she went one, not a um this was not a robbery by any stretch of imagination very close fight um maybe the right person won maybe they maybe they didn't i'll take the plus 200 win though i thought gata won i gave her the first and the second but again i i don't think it was i don't think she did enough to put her away i will say that this car or this uh this decision had the who's who of mma judges (laughs) did you see the list adelaide bird adelaide Um... bird sal diamato chris lee yeah. Uh, if we could have added Barry Luxembourg, uh, Douglas Crosby, and then we could have had a, a five, a no, five set. Of Bar- Barry Luxembourg's the goat, though. Um, <laughs> like that you guy, did get an episode named after him. Yeah, that guy rules. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, Lipsky, Lipsky looked okay, and Gatta was probably running too much. Wasn't really engaging enough. Yeah. Um, and she got yeah. a grapple too, which was surprising. Hey, eh? that that was maybe Lipsky's turning things around here. Yeah, I think I think Lipsky's turning things around. By the way, I did a little deep dive. Speaking of Barry Luxemburg, uh, way back <laughs> in the day, because um, I I was like, I wonder if this guy's been being an idiot forever. Uh, and if you he's been judging UFC fights since like 2013, um, and he once scored a fight for you remember Sarah Kaufman? Of course, Canadian. Of course, yeah. I know her. He he scored he scored Sarah Kaufman 29-28 over Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, new champion. <laughs> um yeah, I, what was it? It wouldn't have been a title fight back then. Um cuz I think I think that was when Shevchenko was still 135. But uh yeah, Sarah Kaufman beat Valentina Shevchenko according to uh Barry Luxemburg. <laughs> there you yeah, Barry like Dan's just trying to uh, distract deflect that i i hit this one yeah uh, i mean like you hit it it's uh, but it, like I, I don't know like are, is this a fight we want to spend a lot of time on or do we want to talk no, about no no the fact no. that we both picked benoit saint denis in the next yeah. fight uh, i will say gato we I, I was at least high on her after first two fights but uh not looking so hot now yeah i think um the first of all the first two fights that she had didn't really age well uh, no, you know, like Victoria no. Leonardo seemed like a prospect. Sajara Eubanks looked like she was not dead yet um, when she got beat by uh, Gatto. And now, in retrospect, like, th- those two wins weren't probably as good as they could have been. Um, and, like, you, you know, she just – if she just let her hands go a little bit more, I think yeah. she'd, have had, she'd had a little bit more success there. Yep, definitely. Before we move on to my back-to-back plus 200 or higher hits, I'm going to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. This fits right in. We're right in the middle of an Underdog run for me. Uh, We are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's unlockfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. Benoit Saint-Denis came through, was not even in uh, in question, even though Bonfim was was kind of uh, clowning, um, which he, I, I think... He didn't clown him. He, he just told him to keep kicking him in the ribs. And so yeah, he no. Did. <laughs> so he did. And then I, I saw his demeanor change pretty quickly after one of those kicks. He's like, oh, yeah, um, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Benoit Saint-Denis, not just a grappler, he was battering him on the feet. Ismail Bonfim, we're talking about. The lesser of the Bonfims is what his nickname is, and shall remain now. Submission, rear naked choke, 448 into the first round. Saint-Denis put it on him. As Gumby mentioned in the discard, this is a big discard episode, I'm sorry. Um, he could be one of our Mount Rushmore fighters now after hitting plus 260 for us. We were we were liking him anyway. Uh since he entered the UFC, but this, this I think has solidified his status first. I've, I think I've never not picked Benoit Saint-Denis. I think I've picked him in every single fight, um, including yep. the Eliza Zaleski dos Santos fight. I picked him in. Yeah. I, th- I think um, he did pick him there. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big underdog, took it on short notice up a weight class. Um, obviously he did not win, but it was a nice moral victory. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, I, and I haven't submitted my official rankings yet as of this morning, but I, I think he's a top 15 lightweight, Ooh. you know, uh, right, right now listed it at 15 is Grant Dawson. You got to imagine he's going way up. Um, is Gulov was 12. You got to imagine he's going down possibly out with that loss. Cause 
man, his his resume looks really bad in retrospect, too. So we're talking about, like, would you pick Benoit Saint-Denis to beat Demiris Magulov? Yes. Yeah, I would. I would. Yep. Uh, and, and, like, other guys on that list are, like, Matt Favola, Hanato Moicano, probably somebody like Brad Riddell just outside of the top 15. Like, would you pick him to beat those guys? I mean, like, you'd at least be giving it thought, and that's what the top 15 yep. is. And so, like, he might be a top 15 lightweight right now. Fantastic. I'm checking the rankings I do on my Substack. That would be moneymma.substack.com. I run rankings twice a week there based on performance. So I, I base it on who, who the fighter fought, what the person's record was at the time, whether they finished them, how recent the fight was, all that type of stuff. Um, so subscribe so you can get those uh, sent to you in your in your inbox uh he is right he's right about 20 right now so he, he is he's getting there very and this is only after three wins in the ufc so he's definitely knocking on the door of the of the top 15 so um gumby is correct there and then things didn't start off so well in the uh, main card bruno ferrera did not come through but hey uh, excuse me he was also my prop pick i thought he was gonna win by by uh, KO, because somebody told me Nusultima Ruzaboyev was the sloppy striker who's going to get countered. But boy, he caught a leg kick and destroyed Bruno Ferreira uh, with knockout punches. One of, a head bouncing off the canvas um, style knockout. Only a minute 17 into the first round. Did we learn anything about Ruzaboyev? Because like mm, I, I don't know. No. I don't know necessarily that I'm going to say he's not a sloppy striker. I mean, the, the, yeah, the, no, uh, true. the counter he landed was sharp. Um, yep. but like, you know, any, yep. even the sloppy striker lands a, a big counter one time. Um, I, I, we know he's fucking huge now. Um, which I, I guess I didn't expect him to be that much bigger, but he, he looked a lot bigger. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm not sure I'm sold on him yet. Uh, his take down defense is kind of rusty and, uh, you know, I want to see more of him now for sure. Yep. Definitely. Uh, so the main card, that was the only one I got wrong, which was, Fantastic. I went five and one. Gumby went three and three. Boo, Gumby. All right. Prelims. I had a 260. I had a 260 underdog. That's true. <laughs> that, that, that does make things better. Um, main event of the prelims, Renat Fakraninov did what we thought he would do. Destroyed Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee is not at this level anymore. And it's been quite a few years since he's been at a uh, a top level in the UFC. They really threw him in uh, with the shark here. And that's what we had said originally. And that's what happened. Uh, Renat stunned him on the feet, dropped him. Then guillotine choked him. Uh, took a long time before Herb Dean realized that Kevin Lee was, was unconscious. It was only 55 seconds in real time, but, uh, yeah, Kevin Lee is, would seem to be dead for quite a while there. Uh, with the, luckily he, uh, popped back to it right after the choke was released. But yeah, I, I don't know if this has shown us anything about Fakhri because like I said, Kevin Lee's been in my eyes, he's been shot for years now. Hey, I mean, his hands look really good. That, I, I oh, will yeah, say, that's true. yeah, that, that's a takeaway is that like Renat's Renat's hands looked as sharp as they ever have. And granted, we only got to see him strike for like 30 seconds. Um, I like that he went for a guillotine and didn't jump it. Like, can we give him props for that? <laughs> Sorry, I ran away from my mic for a second. Yes, we definitely we, <laughs> we do not like jumping gillies in, in the discard. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true what you said about the striking. It was um it was good to see him uh see him do some damage on the feet. But yeah, um this was both our lock pick, but I think it says more about Kevin Lee's lack of future than it does about Fakradinas, but onwards and upwards for Renat. Um and he has a fun name to say, so I'm all for it. Uh featherweights, Jonathan Britu, fun name to say as well. 
fought Weston, Weston Wilson. Uh, I, I'm not one of those people who say, oh, that, that guy's scared, that guy's scared, like people like to say, but he looked kind of nervous. He looked <laughs> nervous. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, maybe that's just his face. Joe Anderson Brudu sure. hits like a truck. So, you know, like, maybe I, he I, has you... resting, resting worried face, but I don't know. <laughs> Weston Wilson did not come through. He got, he got knocked out 254 into the first round. He got knocked out going for a leg lock, a uh, heel hook, and uh, Britu, who was dominating the fight up to that point decided nah i'm i'm getting sick of this guy hanging on my leg and just ground and pounded him into oblivion we had him at minus 1205 good for us <laughs> i will say weston wilson looked better than i thought he would some some of those leg lock attempts like he was getting uh at least he was making brie to work uh which yeah. is more than you could say for uh some of the other leg lock attempts we saw um like out of petrovich and stuff like that in the night like this this was a yeah i mean that was a uh sad i think i'll save it for what we're talking about her i I have a lot of takes i have a lot of takes but anyway yeah we don't have to talk negative 1205 he beat the crap out of him weston wilson probably shouldn't be in the ufc nope uh but he'll get another fight because that's the way it works especially when you step in short notice um yeah, I, I, a lot of our friends seem to have finished props on Brie too, so people made some money off it, which was good. Um, Carol Hosa did not look the greatest, but did come through. I wasn't sure who was winning this fight, but this was another one, split decision over uh, over Yana Santos. Santos looked very good in the first round, L- looked like vintage Santos with her striking and uh, sadly with her clinching, uh, a lot of clinching going on. Um, ended up losing a split decision to Carol Hosa. 28-29, 29-28, 29-28, we were in on Hosa. Um, doesn't really improve my thoughts on Hosa heading forward um, or Santos, obviously. It, it drags my my thoughts on Santos down quite a bit. Like, I, yeah, I, definitely. I, I thought Hosa was going to win, um, but I thought she looked better than that. So the fact that she could go in kind of half-assedly and, and still win the fight uh, says, a, I think it says a lot more about Santos than it does Hosa. So um, also Sal D'Amato, the only one who scored it for Yana Santos. Uh, anybody out there clamoring for Santos to get it has to tell people that they side with Sal D'Amato. <laughs> half-assedly is a good name for our episode, even though it's not half-assedly, but you said it. I like it. It's going to stick. Half-assedly. Right. <laughs> uh, this one, I missed the first round, Sally, and uh, because it was, it was screwy up here in Canada, the way uh, this was broadcast first. We had to watch the early prelims on UFC Fight Pass, which was fine. But then they stopped after two fights, and apparently TSN TV was not uh, airing it yet. So this one fight was on TSN's app. So I didn't get to it until the second round. And by that point, Elvis Brenner was uh, looked like Ric Flair in his prime uh, with his blonde hair all red. Uh, Graham Kutzolatze was putting it on him until he wasn't, and Elvis Brenner TKO'd him. Uh, 317 into the third round. Like I said, I can't really break down the fight too much. Uh, maybe Gummy can since uh, I'm assuming he saw the whole thing. But uh, we had Kutsalazi minus 549. And that got hit. A lot of people were cursing him in the Discord after after this performance. But fight of the night uh, performance nonetheless. For anybody who was cursing him, I literally said on the show on Wednesday, do not put him in your parlays. Stop. Yeah, you did. I said, I said, stop before you put him in your parlays because this guy while very good, is fighting a shoot-to-box guy who's tough as nails and doesn't go away and might possibly just have the wrestling defense to win this fight. And he didn't have just barely have the wrestling defense. He had the wrestling advantage in this fight. And, my goodness, dude, when when those shoot-to-box guys start moving forward, they just don't stop coming forward. Um, 
you know, Brenner, uh, bad dude in there. Um, and, in you know, Garam has, has some of the problems that made me think twice about picking him in the past and made me say, don't put him in a parlay at negative 550. And it's just that, like, you know, he, he kind of, it's not that he can't strike. It's not that he can't grapple. It's not that he can't work against the cage, but just like, there's nothing he does that like dazzles you, you know, like he's a grinder and he's pretty good at grinding, but like if the other guy has an amazing gas tank and better boxing and can, can grind back, like Kutataladze is going to lose a lot of those fights. Um, and Brenner showed him how, so, uh, and yep. he, you know, man, Brenner with those body shots too, just vicious. That, yeah, that, that will end the fight quickly. It, it will take the gas out of a guy. And shoot a box guy, he, he probably was bleeding when he came into the into the cage, for all we know, right? More than likely. That was a, that was a pretty uh, <laughs> pretty gnarly cut, too. I, I actually was. was worried it was going to get stopped. Yeah, yeah, we don't, yeah, like the, like the main event, we, <laughs> the main, we didn't mention the main event very closely, uh, very uh, nearly got stopped only a minute or two into it after, or even less than a minute after an eye poke. So, but yeah, lots of blood, but, uh, Renner came through. This lady did not come through. Um, I'm blaming Gumby because he, he had me sold on her. But uh, Luana Carolina took care of Ivana Petrovic. Petrovic did not look so hot in her UFC debut. 29-28 across the board. I think we got to get off of women prospects. And I don't I don't mean to Maybe. be mean. But this is like the third one in a row who I was like, yes. Uh, she's like great this on the, the regional one. scene. She's the one, Dan. Because I, I said that about Jackie Amorim. Right. I said it about Bruno Brazil um, and I've said it about Petrovic and like not that I haven't whiffed on prospects before, but it does seem like I'm whiffing on an absurd amount of women's prospects right now. And I wonder if that's just like the the level of what they're fighting on the regional circuit versus in the UFC is so different. Like there's just like a larger standard deviation when it comes to uh, to women's prospects than it does to men's prospects who are almost UFC caliber. But man, like, her, her, not that her wrestling looked amazing regionally, but it looked good enough to get the job done against somebody like Luana Carolina. And she went in there and like, Carolina was manhandling her. Yeah, um, it, it does make sense. Women's MMA, MMA is a newer sport than, than the men's side. So it will make sense that the regional scene is not built up to the level that the, that the male side is at this point. So makes yeah. sense. Your, your theories there. So, yeah. Um, and I also wonder too, like not, not that, um, a Maureen didn't fight in LFA too, cause she did, but the, all three of them are international prospects too. Um, yeah. you know, two from Brazil and one from Europe now, um, Norway, I believe, uh, Petrovic is from. So, Possibly uh, that just like fighting internationally against women's prospects are, are making them look better than I thought they would. Um, but but yeah, it, it was a br brutal because you could tell right away. That was the other thing. Like, yeah, you could tell five yeah. seconds into the fight. You weren't getting what you wanted. Yep, it's true. So we, we shall keep that in mind going forward. Um, picking these fights uh, and then the opener I hit. Alexander. Alexander Romanov, he's back to his fat, chunky king self, and I think he's happier for it. Uh, he took care of Blagoy Ivanov in a horrible fight, which is what was predicted by most people. 30-27, across the board. Um, I had Romanov, minus 135. This does not make me feel any better about Romanov going forward, but he hit it for me. Yeah, I, I, don't, I actually read an article uh, about an interview he did where he said that the reason he got big again 
he said some really, really terrible things happened to him. And then he wouldn't elaborate on what those terrible things were. Oh, no. Um, so he like he like gained the weight back in a depression and then fought Volkov. Um, yeah. So like that explains maybe some of the performance of like why he quit against Volkov. But I guess uh, he's like seeing a mental coach now or a, a psychologist or a psych, you know, whatever. Um, he's seeing somebody now to talk about things and sort of work through some of them. It looked like he was in a little bit better of a mental space when he failed on a takedown. But man, that that still wasn't prospect Romanov, right? Um, no. Which is kind of what I predicted. I, I predicted he wouldn't be prospect Romanov and Ivanov would have enough of that. He he ultimately didn't. But like, I'm still like, I'm still not picking Romanov against anybody in the top 15 right now. And it's heavyweight. Uh, and he, which is, he's in the top 15, sadly. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think yeah. I have him ranked if I remember correctly. Um, but like, yeah, I, I I'm not terribly impressed. Uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think he could hang with you know, like, would, would you pick him over? Uh, let, oh, I do have him ranked. I just looked at my rankings. Yeah, this division's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't even know who I would. Yeah, this division sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not. Um, hopefully he is, uh, or he's he's on his way to getting in a better spot. But we don't like our chunky guys, sad chunky guys. We like him being happy, chunky guys. Yeah, he needs happy to be and healthy. Ha- happy chunky guys, but dude, I'm exactly. looking at the list of people who are are not ranked, being like, well, who else is so bad? <laughs> yeah, so bad. I mean, it's not so great. It's, yeah, the heavier you get, the the worse uh, the talent pools get. Um. My picks, not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, the more the night wore on, the better my picks got. Nine and three overall. Classic Jeff finally is back. 569 bucks ended up winning. Uh, so I am only down 3% money this year. So I'm scratching my way back. Uh, 60% hit rate. Gumby went six and six, lost 78 bucks. It's a 54% hit rate, down 5% of his cash. So you were only like 70 bucks behind me heading into the night. And now I've got you doubled again. You're like almost 700 behind. But That's okay. there's still time. But yes, there's, still time. there's still time. All right. Our fancy picks. We both have Fakhrinov as, as our locks. Uh, Gumby is up 13% money on his locks, hitting 75% of his locks. Fantastic, Gumby. Bravo. Talk about my dogs, um, though, because I think that's better. All right. Dogs. He has St. Denis. Check. I had Dawson. Check. Um, he is up 18% return on investment on his dogs he's hitting 48 percent, which is good enough obviously when you're when you're hitting plus 260 dogs so fantastic for that then we both whiffed on our props he had gato tko definitely didn't happen i had fahea ko definitely didn't happen now there were even one so i'm still up barely i'm up 0.4 percent money uh on my props gumby's down three percent on his props i'm down lots on my locks and dogs that's why i didn't even mention those uh, and then the Hungry Drunk Superfan Parlay, neither of them came through. Oh, wait a no, minute. No, it did. Dawson, de- it, Dawson it, decision. Dawson by decision was a plus 265 Classic. prop that I hit too. Um, so it wasn't my official prop of the week, um, but I did hit a pretty massive prop there. So, hey, in, if it's even better if it's in the real world. If it's That's real right. money, even better. That's uh, right. So he had Dawson decision hit. Petrovic inside the, inside the distance definitely didn't hit. No. Um, that's okay. Uh, as for the real world money winners last night, bonus awards, Brenner Kutsalatse, obviously won fight of the night. Um, Strickland Ruzaboyev won performance of the night. So uh, 50K for all those people. Um, 
we're back. By the way, I, I just want to, I just want to quickly, how does Sean Strickland get it and not Benoit Saint Denis? Yeah, I don't know. I guess he what, needs one to buy beat up another a, motorcycle one beat up, or something. One, one beat up a tired guy, and the other one yep. beat the stuffing out of a prospect that he was supposed. Yeah, to Yeah, that's true. Like that's that's because criminal. submissions submissions aren't cool. That's why. Uh, that was it was cool though. <laughs> yeah. Or or Fakradinov. Yeah. Well, yeah, Fakradinov choking a dude cold. Yeah. Plus, he had him almost knocked out on the feet too. So yeah. Yeah, you're right. Strickland should not have won that, but no. Because he was getting, I think they get like 20% more for fighting in main events too. So he was already getting paid. He didn't need another 50, 50K. Um, guys making 12000 to fight need the 50K. But anyhow, we don't get to decide these things, sadly. Um, UFC is on the road, kind of, just down the street. T-Mobile Arena on Saturday. UFC 290. It's pay-per-view time again, so it's going to be a good card. Even though we did lose our Jack Della Maddalena, Sean Brady fight, which is sad. Um, have you heard anything about Jack staying on the card? Yeah, he, he's supposed to get an opponent. I, I guess they're waiting for somebody to officially take it and yeah. settle on weight and stuff. But I've heard yeah. uh, Kevin Holland's kind of in. Chris Curtis <laughs> is kind of Chris Curtis is kind of in. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, wait for this one. Joaquin Buckley's kind of in. Oh, what a surprise! Yeah, you were somebody- joking about that. No, that was the, no joke. All that in the Discord. It's all three joke. of those. No, no, all three of those guys are like reportedly kind of in on the, this fight. So, uh, yeah, you, you're probably gonna get one of those names. Somebody in the Discord mentioned that Renat Fakhradinov probably is still close to being on weight and uh, could make it for next week. I really hope that doesn't happen. Because uh, yeah, we don't I think need that. It would be more competitive, but we don't need it. It would be a great fight, but I think Jack Della beats him, and then we yeah. we lose. Well, and, and then, like, wh- what does it do for Jack Della? What does it do for yeah. Renat? Like, it, it, sure, maybe it wouldn't hurt his stock because he's doing this on super short notice. But, like, no, nah, get get that guy a full camp and get him a fun fight again. And uh, fi- find somebody to sacrifice to the JDM guy. Yes, he's one of our one of our boys as well. All right, uh, we'll run down the card as it stands. Um, hopefully, Jack Della will have a fight lined up before we record on Wednesday. Main event is Alexander Volkanovsky back down to featherweight. Uh, against the interim champ, Yair Rodriguez. Co-main event for the flyweight championship, Brandon Moreno, Alexander Pantoja. That is a rematch. Pantoja beat Moreno before when before gold was on the line. Uh, Robert Whitaker, Dreykus Duplessis, which is probably a number one contender fight, or should be, for the middleweight championship. Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker, Bo Nickel, Treshawn Gore. Nothing to sneeze at with that, that main card at, at all. Prelims currently are Robbie Lawler, Nico Price, Yasmin Uruguay, Denise Gomes, Haregi, Alonzo Haregi, right? Excuse me, I forgot. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Manifield, and then it was supposed to be Jack Della, uh, Sean Brady, which is a, another fantastic prelim card too. Um, early prelims: Victor Petrino, Marcin Praccio, Cameron Simon, Gumby's favorite fighter, uh, versus Terrence Mitchell, Shannon Ross, Jesus Santos Aguiar, and Camela Kirk Estemin Rebovitz. Very good fight card, Dan. Did you mention Tetsuya Tyra? Uh, Tetsuya Tyra is not listed here, but I did hear he was getting. Yeah, he's, he's fighting. He he, he's fighting Edgar Cherise on that one. Whoever that is, uh, um, coming good, off of good to he, see. He, he's the one who um he he was so he was supposed to fight on Contender Series uh this year uh but they pulled him off of it obviously and he was on Contender Series last year. He's the one who lost to Clayton Concrete. Okay, like I'm supposed to know all this stuff. Like I'm supposed to remember that, but 
Speak up, speak on the card, Dan. This is a proper pay per view card, not like two UFC two eighty nine. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Um, it, it's a little bit of a bummer that we lost Brady Jack Della. Um, yeah. I, I like Cameron Simon versus Christian Rodriguez is a lot better of a fight. That one was off. This one was originally supposed to have uh, Manel Cape and and Davison Figueredo too, and Figueredo's you know nowhere near ready to compete. But like at the same time, like what more could you want out of a main card than that? You got. Your yeah. hyper prospect Bo Nickel in action against maybe his toughest test. You got two phenomenal title fights um, that are not just like. I mean, I guess this is the third time we've seen Pantoja versus Moreno, but it's not like, you know, it's not like we're watching Moreno Figueredo nine or whatever th- that would be, uh, or, or you know, Volkanovski versus Max seven. Um, so like it's it's fresh matchups, and then you get to see Jalen Turner probably catch a body, so that's fun too. Yeah, I, I like Jill and Turner, so I hope he can get himself going on a roll here. Um, all right, so we have that to look forward to, but before we get to that, we've got a Monday, our typical Monday non-UFC uh, episode coming up. We're going to be covering LFA this week, still counting down the days, the minutes, uh, until Dana White Contender Series is back in our lives. Um, until then, make sure, like I told you, Discord, if you're not in there, get in there. Lots of fun. Everyone is positive. We have, we have a good time always, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That was not sarcastic. Everyone really is positive. We really do have a hard, uh, a fun time. Uh, Twitter, SGPN MMA, Jeff Fox writer, Gumby Vreeland. That's all the spots to go there. Uh, the Top Turtle MMA podcast, Gumby minus Jeff, which sounds like a dream to most of you. You can listen to that. Um, all my good stuff, I told you, all my MMA writing can get into your inbox along with my free pick'em contest every week, moneymma.substack.com. And if you refer friends to it, you can get free subscriptions. So even better. And then all good things in the sports gambling world can be found at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So as said, we'll be back tomorrow with our UFC preview. Uh, we'll be previewing it, not UFC, excuse me, LFA preview. Preview it would be the Georgia Viking, Jeff Fox. And Foxy, Daniel Vreeland, will be by my side. Not, not literally, but, you know, in spirit. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.